Welcome to Pegging Coffee Talk. Here are your hosts, Oswin and Lord Knight. Today's topic is intuition. Okay. Trusting your intuition. What do you think intuition is? Well, I think it's... Um, I mean, it, it's, it's something hard to define. It's that gut feeling. I don't know how uh, you're going to uh, explain uh, it. It's, right. It's, I mean, it's, how, how do you explain that? I, do you see what I'm saying, though? It's, um, it's like when you just, when you have a hunch. Or is it like when you see a, what's his name? Buying Lucky Charms going down the, <laughs> what was his name? Brad Williams. Yeah. I mean, is that intuition? I mean, or is that I don't just. Th- no. <laughs> that is not intuition. <laughs> but no, intuition is that that gives you a glimpse into other people. Or, or other situations. Right. You know, it's that... I don't want to say it's that my knees bother me is about the rain. Because we all know that. But that's an arthritis thing. Yeah, yeah. Look us up a definition. That might help. Merriam-Webster says, Intuition is defined as the power or faculty of attaining to direct knowledge or cognition without evident rational thought and interference. Well, that's a fucking mouthful. Immediate apprehension or cognition, knowledge or conviction gained by intuition. Second definition. Yes, that was all one definition. <laughs> Second definition, quick and ready insight. Well, at least they didn't use the same word to describe the word. No. <laughs> Bravo, Merriam-Webster. Well, we applaud you. It's that gut instinct. It's that, who do I trust? Who don't I trust? Right. All right. We've talked about this before in our segment on divination. Yes. On how to translate the cards. Now, that can also be taken to the point to where you're translating more than just your dreams and your, rea- you know, but it's other things too, like tarot cards and stuff like this. But also you can do the same thing with herbs and certain stones and other things, right? Yes. That's that good instinct. That's learning how to trust it. Because I don't know about you. I remember being younger and, you know, my gut instinct told me to do this. But then by the time it all got done and over with, I'm sitting back going, well, should I have followed my gut instinct or not? So there's the question is, when should you trust that gut instinct? That well, little nagging that. Well, I mean, it's it's something that we always teach that you should always trust. Your instinct. Your instinct, your intuition, your gut feelings. You know, you you need to pay attention to it. So is there a time when you, you don't? don't? The only time I can think of ignoring certain behaviors mm-hmm. is with the whole problem of heroes okay. or leaders. Leaders tend to do stuff not in spite of fear, but because of fear. Okay. All right. The knight attacks the dragon. Yes, he's afraid, but he does it in spite of his fear. This right. is what makes him a greater man because he's, Overriding his basic instinct, ignoring his intuition. But is he? 
Well, I mean, again, he's putting his duty or his responsibility to his people over what in the world his body's telling them to do. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, but that's that's that whole fight or flight kicking in that you have to overcome for certain situations. But isn't that not what we're talking about with partly of that intuition? Is that response? Because we have multiple options. We got three options when it comes to fight or flight. Right. Either it's fight, flight, or freeze. So why choose one behavior over another? Do you see what I'm saying? You're alone in a cave with a bear. Mm -hmm. Do you fight? Do you fly? Or do you just pass out? Well, I don't know, but I'm probably going to shit my pants. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, but do you see what I'm saying? (laughs) My question is, is on that fight and fight, do we even actually make a decision or is that based on something else in our brains? I don't know. You know, I mean, let's admit it. Me and you have rarely been in those life and death situations to where that fight or flight instinct kicks in. Right. On the whole. So how do we know? Uh, Do you see what I'm asking? So then we have to go with, I guess, secondary. You know, like you said, that insight or intuition. But how how do you train yourself to do that, though? By starting off, I think, starting off small. I believe it or not, I believe reading people's cards help. Okay. Doing it in the style in which we talked about, where you're just letting the stuff come out of your mouth as you see it. Okay. And just no filter, no nothing. So that means that the person on the other side of that needs to be, well, have a pretty thick skin until you get the reliance on that. Right. To know when to pull back and when not to based on the person. Okay, but now do you can you do it with just one person? I know you probably do it with a bunch of different people. Matter of fact, the more different personalities on how people might react if you have to give them bad news. So that's that's what I was wondering. I mean, if you're because if you're just doing it with one person or the same person. two or three people all the time, well, this is why I think divination. Are you really getting that practice in? Well, this is why I think that doing trying to learn this. By doing divination this style where you're just, again, doing that association style. In doing so, you start to deal with a bunch of different personalities because there's always going to be that one person that goes, oh, yeah, I want my cards read. And especially if you're at like a birthday party or somewhere like that where there's a large crowd of people. So you're going to get more of a broader sense of what to say and what not. Don't get me wrong. That means you're going to be like a comic on stage. You're going to bomb. Right, there's going to be some wrong answers. Right, there's going to be some wrong insights until you start to learn to trust yourself in what you see and feel. Right. There's the problem. We have taught ourselves not to trust these feelings, that they're not real. And normally I think this starts off with, hey, mom, dad, there's a monster in my closet. No, there ain't. You just need to go to sleep. You need to ignore this bad feeling. Right. There's a monster under my bed. Well, I've looked. There's nothing nothing there. Go back to sleep. Sleep. Right. You know, that intuition that children have about things. They're told all the time. No, you're just, no. You have an overactive imagination. You got this or that. Right. Or they get concerned when they're talking to their imaginary friends. A little too much. Right. 
am I making sense there? We're, we're, I think we're taught more nowadays to ignore that gut instinct. That why you don't like a spot or this place or that and to ignore it. Right. I don't know how to explain that. Well, I know it's, throughout the years, my parents weren't, they weren't very open to a lot of things like that. And so it was, like you said, it was always taught that's not real. That's just it's your imagination. It's that same old trope. If it does not come from God, therefore it must be Satan. And right. You, nobody can do this unless they've turned away from God. Well, that was as yeah. I got older, but yeah. as a kid, it was, you're just imagining things. Right. But as I got older, I started noticing there were patterns. You know, if I didn't feel good about something, it usually turned out to be right. And that's when I started trusting that instinct. Yeah. Trusting again. it more and more. Again, you know, that, that it's that nagging feeling that's like, yeah, I think I need to excuse myself from this situation and just right. be quiet and do my job. Right. Because some shit's about to hit the fan. <laughs> Again, it's also that annoying feeling when, you know, you walk around and you notice all your boss, bosses are starting to act funny. Hmm. You know, you know something's up, but you're not sure what. But then is that really intuition or is that just more observance? A little bit of both. I think that's all I got to say about this. I, I don't know what else to say. All right. Well, in, uh, in that case, let's talk about something else. All right. Um, what about students? What about them? <laughs> well, we, we hear a lot about when people are looking for a coven. We hear a lot about what they can expect, what kind of questions they should ask, et cetera, right. et cetera. But what about the other end? What about the other end of this? What are, like with us, when people come to us looking to be a student and they ask all the quote unquote right questions or given all the quote unquote right answers. What are we looking for? We, we are looking for people who are willing to unlearn things. Okay. We're sort of looking for the same attitude of like when psycho found, finally found his master on the uh, airbender. Okay. Does that make sense that, hey, you know what? I got enough of self-awareness to realize I don't know something. Right. I don't understand things and stuff like this. Again, it's not self-doubt we're looking for. We're looking for self-questioning. Right. So it's uh, it's more of a self-awareness that you are lacking. Right. To a certain extent. And I don't mean lacking as in lacking the self-awareness aspect. It's lacking as in you have been found wanting. Right. You know, and, well, it, um, it, it's, it's that same argument you hear about most smart people during conversations like, you know, just out on the town or whatever. Right. Actually keep quiet. Right. Because they're always in the back of their mind questioning themselves if they actually know what they think they know. Right. And if they're right about what in the world they are, and it's always the so-called less educated people who are the first to speak up and say something. Right. I mean, that's one of the types of people we're trying to look for. What else are we looking for? 
besides that openness and stuff, again, people willing to learn, people willing to unlearn things too. Okay. I mean, and normally it comes through the, when we ask questions and you sort of see that look like they're telling you what they think, but they're questioning themselves when they do it. I don't know how to explain that in a conversation style. I know you've seen it before to where in the world I'll be sitting there talking to somebody and they'll be answering a question with a question, sort of. Right. Oh, yeah, I, I really believe that we should go counterclockwise to do that, blah, blah, blah. So it's just a little something that you hear in the voice. It's a little something you hear in that voice to where I think there's, you hear people kind of asking that question. I think there's more here in... It's like, I'm not sure what it is, but... I'm not sure, but I feel like I should be asking something, but I'm not sure what it is. Right. <laughs> you know, and I'm sorry, you can see that in the mannerisms and the look on their face and sort of in their eyes. One of the things I really like to see is when people sort of show their level of dedication to learn the religion. Mm-hmm. A somebody who's willing to travel more than 15 minutes away. Right. That's one of them things. That's one of them check marks I'm going to put up there real high. You know, I mean, don't get me wrong. No, I don't expect somebody from California to drive out, you know. Right. <laughs> Just to come to class once. I, that's insane. But getting someone who's a few hours away or something like that. Yeah. Part of me is kind of like that takes some dedication. Right. Especially nowadays with gas prices. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> what about those who aren't initially the ideal student oh don't get me wrong every so often we do have those people that surprise us you so know, how do how do you make the decision as the instructor as a third degree as an elder how do you make that decision on someone who doesn't meet all your quote unquote criteria as a good quote unquote good student. student. What about somebody makes you think this person has the potential? Well, the majority of the time, if I see potential, I'm going to try to teach it. Okay. 99% of the time I normally accept a student. All right. I mean, they have to really be coming out of left field when I meet them. Does, you know what I'm saying? In order to just turn them away, just to absolutely turn them away. But as you're learning and as you're learning these concepts, as you're learning what in the world you're required to accept, you know, the laws, the rules, the ethics, the morals, and the concepts and stuff we have to do, a lot of people start to filter themselves out when they start realizing, okay, I can't meet this standard, so I need to go somewhere else. Well, sure, we've seen that, we've seen that happen all yeah. the time. But I, I mean, I, a lot of people filter themselves out. Believe it or not. Does that make sense? The majority. Yeah. And every so often, yeah, you do have those people. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. But I was just, I was just more curious about, you know, you're meeting with somebody. They don't really, I mean, they show some enthusiasm, some eagerness. And wait, normally what you, but they're, they're just kind of like, eh. The majority of these people are the same people who will get the first degree. And then never try to go any farther than that. Okay. All right. We do have those people. We have those people that get the first degree and they are just happy to be a first degree. Right. Which we don't have a problem with. Which we don't have a problem with. 
we're not really going to force people to take an upper degree or anything like that. If you're going to do the studying and the education and stuff like that, to become a second degree, the majority of the times you're going to become a second degree. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's just going to naturally happen. Yeah, it's going to naturally happen. We're not really concerned about that. So, the, yes, there are those people that will just become first degrees. There are those people who become second degree and never want to become third. Not too many people want to become third. Most people run from it like this. <laughs> well, I guess I'm coming from uh, the aspect that we are a traditional coven. Yeah. We are somewhat selective. Yes. As are a lot of covens. As of a lot of covens. So I'm just, it's, I don't know. I was just trying to get a little insight into that selectiveness. Well, I mean, don't get me wrong. There is this feel that we have. So again, we're back to intuition. We're back to that intuition. This intuition, I, I, for for me, and I know for Lady Ob, because me and her have actually discussed it, mm-hmm. is is that when we meet people to take classes with us, that sometimes the best students are the ones when we first meet them remind us of somebody who already in Temple. Mm, okay. Does that make sense? For like a split instant, they look like, I have met women before and they just suddenly look like Lady Abba for a second. You know, I can't explain it. It's that, oh, wait a minute, there's something special about this person. Why am I thinking about this person when I see them? So I can't explain that either. So yes, it's that intuition thing. So there's part of that there. So basically from what I'm getting is you're telling me that intuition plays a big role in the selectiveness of whether or not you choose to teach someone. Uh, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm also sitting there looking to see how long, how long me and person A or the person I'm talking to can actually have a conversation. And to make it even more, it's not just a conversation, but a progressive conversation, a conversation that keeps moving forward. Right. And you're not just sitting there constantly talking about the weather. Does that make sense? Yeah. You know, to where in the world I say something, they get an idea and they want to ask another question or start right. to think about a concept and start expanding what they think upon it. You know, those are also things I'm looking for, too. Okay. That, I like that. Well, mainly because it also shows me that not only are they questioning what in the world they know, but they're trying to push the limits of some of these ideas and concepts. Okay. One of the things that is, I think is important to in craft in general is learning when that breaking point is. When does something no longer represent what in the world it was and right. become something else? Right. You Which know? we've discussed. Well, I mean, if you think about it like this, how many protons or electrons can I add to a gold atom until it's no longer gold? Right. Do you see what I'm saying? Or how many can I take away until hey, it's no longer, no longer gold? gold? Is it just the one? Mm-hmm. Does that completely change the whole composition? And again... Or is it still gold to a point? Right. And again, I'm still back to this whole entire thing of if I take that same thing and put it to certain concepts, how much until you take away from a concept before it's no longer what it is? Right. And when I see people questioning that through what in the world they're talking about and stuff like that going, well, then that means it. I'm looking at somebody who's seen the patterns already. 
So they're going to make a good witch. They're going to make a good person there because they're already trying to see those patterns in nature, in themselves, and in the stuff we're teaching. Gotcha. Well, one of the other things we have to think about when we're interviewing people is how well people can build on top of concepts. First of all, we start out with this concept of meditation and that in meditation, the stuff that you see and experience there has to be translated from an imagery into concepts you understand. Right. So why in your meditation do you see blue? This then transfers, this whole entire concept still transfers over to divination, which happens to do the same process again, but on a smaller and more repetitive scale right. with each card. Mm-hmm. You, you with me? Yep. To the point to where in the world you, no matter what in the world you're doing, you're learning how to use your intuition. Which is going to carry over if and when you get your degree but if and you, you start, decide to move on. But if you start to notice, okay, without meditation, you've missed that first step and you can't just automatically go to the second step. Right. Do you see what I'm saying? So, again, this idea of intuition is a building block. It is a basic thing that we build upon to do other things with other than what in the world you would think it would be required of. Right. Oh, no, intuition is only about the future. It's a, no intuition to be as much as, no, use this herb instead of this herb when you're doing your incense for this spell. Why? Because it's better for you. Not necessarily better for the rest of the world, but you. Because, again, not all singers can sing the same style of music. Right. All right? I'm, I'm sorry. When you put a country singer into the middle of opera, you're going to hear that twang. <laughs> I, I'm, am I wrong there? Um, yeah, you're most likely going to. Yeah. Right. I mean, just like when you're listening to the Beatles, there's a lot of the stuff that the Beatles, and you can hear that accent, mm-hmm. that British accent. Mm-hmm. I know it's a specific accent that they've had, but right. you can hear it in some of the words that they sing. Right. Now, I know most singers try to weed out accents, most the best do, they yeah. Can. And all because they want the music and tone to come through. But you can't always do that. No. I, I think that's it. Okay. Thanks for listening. Join us next week for another episode. Pagan Coffee Talk is brought to you by Life Temple and Seminary. Please visit us at lifetempleseminary.org for more information, as well as links to our social media Facebook, Discord, Twitter, YouTube, and Reddit. We travel down this trodden path, the maze of stone and mire. Just hold my hand as we pass by a sea of blazing pyres. And so it is the end of our days, so walk with me till morning breaks. And so it is the end of our days, so walk with me till morning breaks.